0: Amen. Well, turn your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, If you're here for the first time or you haven't gotten the full series on the gifts, I would really encourage you to either go online or grab them after the service. I believe they have been recorded and I would really encourage you to do so because as we study the gifts, um, it's super important concerning the believer, because Paul straight out says in verse one, now concerning the spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. And as believers, you being here says to me that you do not want to be ignorant. And so praise God, you're here. You do not want to be ignorant of these things. Instead, you want to be aware or uh, having received the reason for the gifts and um, I'm going to start as we uh, begin this evening with verse 4. Britt left off on, at verse 8, but I'm going to start at verse 4. And it says, these are the diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are uh, diversities in activities, but the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Very important. Underline that part. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. And then tonight we're looking at to another, faith by the same Spirit's. Paul is talking about the diversities of the gifts of the Spirit and how they manifest themselves in a variety form. And the gift of faith is an interesting gift because not many people know that there is the gift of faith. There's different kinds of faith. There's saving faith. Saving faith, faith that believes in the promises of God that if we believe in Christ Jesus, we'll be forgiven and cleansed of whatever sins we have committed. Hopefully that's where we're all at. We have at some point had saving faith as we believed in Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2.8 says, For by grace we have been saved through faith, that not of ourselves, it is a gift of God. Not of works should any man boast. This is the faith that brings us to salvation. The apostle uh, John said that as many have received him, to them gave the power to become sons of God, even even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever, what, believes that faith in Jesus Christ, the faith that brought us to that place of being saved from our sins, knowing and believing that the Son of God would atone and take upon uh, Himself the wrath that was To be ours, it was taken, and he himself took it on the cross. Amen? Amen. We know this. We believe this. And we say yes and amen to this. We say yes and amen to the faith in Christ Jesus, our Savior, the one who paid our price, the one who sacrificed for all sins, the substitute. We are not perishing because we believe in Jesus Christ. We have been snatched out of darkness. That is believing, or excuse me, that is saving faith. Saving faith. It's good to be reminded of that. It's good to be reminded of the saving faith because um, as as David, um, at certain points of his life, as you read the Psalms, Uh, One saying restore unto me the joy of my salvation It was needed for him to remember why Because there's times where we get dry There's times where not necessarily forget that we're saved But forget who we are in Christ Thus forgetting what took place when Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose again It's important for us to remember to rekindle that first love so to speak You know, when you first got saved, that feeling, that feeling you had that you just didn't want to, you just couldn't stop saying it. I'm saved. That first time you felt the weight of sin off your shoulders. You remember that? Listen, friends, brothers and sisters, don't ever lose that. Remind yourself of that constantly because we never should leave that first love. That first love being when you first sought the Savior to save you. That should never cease. That should be a honeymoon that never stops. Just as husbands, your honeymoon should never stop, right? You should always seek to have honeymoon every day Amen. for your wife. Amen. <laughs> no wife is disappointed with that. No husband's disappointed with that. So too, in the relationship with Jesus Christ, he is not sad when you constantly. Are in that place of I am saved thank you Jesus Hallelujah glory be to God That is saving faith perhaps there's someone here tonight Maybe there's someone here tonight God wants to save you from the path that you're heading down the path of destruction the path that we were all heading down The path that leads to darkness man If there's someone here tonight, I'm hoping and praying And believing in faith that God will save you he'll cleanse you make you new and then you'll know what we're talking about when I say the weight of sin being lifted off being forgiven you'll be like you'll be leaping hollering and screaming and we're gonna say amen with you then there's growing faith faith that trusts in the Word of God and his promises It causes us to commit to the Word of God and act upon it. That is growing faith. Growing faith. This is the kind of faith that uh, many Christians, many believers lack. A growing faith. Turn your Bibles to uh, Mark chapter 16. When you look at the Gospels, you can always see examples of faith and a lack of faith. You can see the disciples themselves and see that there's an inconsistency in their life. You can see, uh, and, and as believers, we can also identify and say, wow, okay, yeah, I've been at that place. And as a reader, you would, you would almost think, how is it that these guys spent three years with Jesus and at uh, many points never really got it, never really got the purpose of Jesus coming here to earth? Well, I'm sure they're in heaven thinking to us, saying, why aren't you guys getting it? <laughs> so we can't really say that to them, but what we can do is read this scripture tonight, And see and be encouraged how we need to be growing in our faith. Verse 9. It says, now when he rose early on that first day. Amen. Hallelujah. He appeared, appeared first to Mary. Out of whom he cast out seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. Rightfully so. And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, what? They didn't believe. And after that, he appeared to another from the two of them as they, were, as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe them either. Later, verse 14, he appeared to the eleven, as they sat at the table and he what? rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. He rebuked them. The Savior of the world rebuked them because of their unbelief. That word rebuked, um, in, in the Greek, it has a connotation of to uh, use abusive language. Obviously, Jesus, not able to sin, but it somehow was able to articulate in such a way that it wasn't like, hey guys, how come you didn't believe? He rebuked them because of their unbelief. Their lack of faith, so to speak. We know that Hebrews 11, 6 says that without faith it is impossible to please God. But on the flip side, we can please God with what? With faith. With faith, we can please God. And it's important to understand that as believers, we should be constantly growing in our faith in Christ as we see, read, witness, and uh, participate in the kingdom of God. We should be growing in our faith. We should be growing in our faith. Uh, turn your Bibles to Luke chapter seven, just a little bit to your right. Luke chapter seven. Verse two says, "And a certain centurion servant who was dear to him was sick and ready to die." And when he had heard about Jesus, he sent the elders of the Jews to him, pleading with him to come and heal his servants. And when they came to Jesus, they begged him earnestly, saying that one from whom he should do this was deserving. In other words, they were like, you got to give this guy the hookups, because he gives us the hookups. And then verse 5 says, for he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. Then Jesus went with them. And when he was already not far from the house, the centurion sent his friends to him, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself, for I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. Therefore, I did not even think myself worthy to come to you, but say the word and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man placed under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. And he turned around and said to the crowd and that was following him and said, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. The word says that Jesus marveled at this man's faith. That word marveled could be translated, he was astonished. Jesus, who was there when God created the heavens and the earth, as a participant in it, it says that Jesus marveled at this man's faith. So as we read Hebrews 6, uh, we, we trust and believe and know that, yes, it is impossible to please God without faith. And furthermore, it is a wonder to our Savior when we believe and have faith in Him. Isn't that encouraging to know that we can astonish Jesus Christ? It's Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And we know that Jesus responds to our faith. But, but yet, I, I really believe that as, 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 as a, a plague in, in modern Christianity, there's so much lack of faith, disbelief, unbelief. And it's a hindrance. It's a hindrance to what God wants to do. Listen, turn to James chapter 1. James chapter 1 says this. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith without doubting. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Oh, church, we are plagued with double-minded men, uncertain, not willing to believe and trust in the word of God. Because remember, what I'm saying is growing faith is trusting in the word and his promises. And yet in our society, in Christianity as a whole, across America, as well as other continents, people lack the belief in God's word. And so it hinders, it hinders us if we doubt because then we become double-minded. We become unstable, as James would say. And unfortunately, it's so true as we even can reflect and look in the mirror. Where have you doubted the promises of God, which would send you to this place of uncertainty? Then it would put you in this place of not being stable, grounded on the word of God, but like uh, a boat just being tossed to and fro. Well, think about it. If you're the enemy, that's where you want a believer. No longer effective for the kingdom, no longer standing on the word of God, but being tossed to and fro, uncertain and and, uh, unstable in all your ways. This This can't be with the church today. If anything, the church today needs to stand on solid ground. Amen? Because when we do so, then we grow in faith. We grow in faith. Where there is an absence of faith, there is no peace of God. I mean, how is it that you read this and you think for there, verse 8, he is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways, and knowing that verse 7 says that he will receive nothing from the Lord. I don't know about you people, but I want everything the Lord has. I want it all. If those of you who know me like the day-to-day, you know that that's my, yes, I want everything. Bring it to me. Bring it. And listen, as believers, it's a slap in the face of our God when we are in that place of unbelief. That's why. When Jesus rebuked them, he rebuked them harshly because th- that was his bo- those were his guys. He didn't want it to go unnoticed, so to speak, because right after the rebuke, then he sends them off. Then he sends them where they need to go. Then he says, okay, here's the rest of the marching orders. But before you go, men... Don't be unstable. Believe. Don't be in a place of not trusting in God's words. These were the same men as they were crossing, crossing the Sea of Galilee. He clearly said, hey, we're going to the other side. The God of peace was at perfect peace, sleeping in the boat. The winds came, and what happened? what's going to happen, oh my goodness, this is crazy, wake up Jesus, we're going to die. Jesus, in the same tone, says, what, what is going on here, I told you we're going the other side, when Jesus says you're going the other side, friends, we're going to the other side, amen, Amen. when Jesus says we're going to heaven, where are we going, heaven, amen, When Jesus has fulfilled all the prophecies that were uh, provided for us, what does he do there? He gives us validity to believe in him and have faith in him and to trust in him and all that he has said. Amen? Amen? Let us not be unstable. Let us not waver. But let's believe in the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just as a child grows, we should be growing in the Lord. I don't know what measure the Lord would have for you because it's different for all of us. As a believer of two weeks old, you're not required to believe in this measure, but trust and know that God has already in you because you have that faith, that saving faith is going to give you a measure of faith to continue to believe. But when you do not believe, then you are now disengaging in what God wants you to do. In the same manner as I'm raising my children, the minute they disengage from my instructions and all that I have for them, where are they placing themselves? In danger, no longer the care of the father. And that's not where God wants us to be. Obedience is such a key ingredient to growing in faith. Because remember... That definition of growing in faith is believing in God's word and promises. And so how do we know that we believe? How do we know that we love him? Well, Jesus says, you will obey my commands. By this, you will show my love or your love for me. So if we're not obedient to the word of God, then what we're saying is we're non-believers. We don't believe. So when we hear the Word of God and take heed to the Word of God, not just hearers, but we're doers of the Word of God, then you and I will grow in faith. Amen? Amen. Making sense? Oh, it needs to make sense because as a congregation, God wants us to grow in faith. He wants us to grow in faith. Don't be stuck here. Continue to grow in faith. And know that, there's, that a part of that growing process is going to hurt. There's going to be trials, so to speak. Just as there was trials for the disciples. As they were crossing the Sea of Galilee, the trials came. And frankly, they, they, they kind of didn't get a passing grade. But yet God was there. And he still hooked them up. And there's times where the trials come. Hopefully, we'll be able to have joy. And be able to see that, hey, this is an opportunity for me to grow in faith. Hallelujah, the Lord has counted me worthy to grow instead of woe is me. Why is this happening? Where is God in all of this? That's when you're like the disciples. Well, he's, he's asleep, but better said, he's at rest. He's at peace. He's the God of the universe. There's nothing you can do to dethrone the Lord. Isn't that good to know? All the reason why to say yes and amen and believe in his promises, believe in his word and show your belief by doing the word of God. Amen. 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 Growing faith is essential. It's essential to our Christian life. But in our text, go ahead and turn back to uh, 1 Corinthians. We're talking about 1 Corinthians 12. We're talking about the gift of faith. Not saving faith, not growing faith, but the gift of faith, also known as special faith. Special faith is the supernatural ability to believe God without doubt, unbelief, and visualize what God wants to accomplish. It's an entirely different faith. It is not only the inner conviction, but it is the supernatural ability to meet adverse circumstances. The best uh, uh, example I found uh, that the Lord led me to is found in Acts chapter three. Acts chapter three. If you like, you can turn there. It's always good to exercise faith in the Word of God by turning your Bibles. Because then you're able to underline and say, Lord, help me. This is a wonderful text. I love this one. And uh, it's starting in verse 1, Acts chapter 3. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. And a certain man lame from his mother's womb was carried whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful to ask alms for those who entered the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms and fixing his eyes on him with John and Peter said, look at us. So he gave his attention Expecting to receive something from them. Peter says silver and gold. I do not have. But what I have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him. From the right hand. And lifted him up. And immediately. His feet and ankle bones received strength. That's not a fable. Brothers and sisters. That's the word of God. That's the Word of God. And I love this passage as they're just cruising up for prayer. They're about to go in the temple. There was a lame man who had always been there. He's asking for alms. They look at him. He looks at them. They say, look at us. And then they says, give alms. And then they say, well, silver and gold I have not. But what I have, I'll give to you. And at this point... The Spirit of God speaks to Peter and tells him not just to share the gospel with him, but to reach out and grab him and lift him up. Not to give him a hug, not to give him a vessel, not to slip him a shekel, but to lift him up with the intentions of God is going to heal this man. He's lame from, from the mother's womb. This obviously at the time was a normal circumstance. It's not that normal now to see lame man on the street, depending on where you are, maybe in LA, maybe in San Francisco, you see these types of things, but in general, it's not a normal situation. It's not a normal circumstance, but at this time, it was a normal circumstance to see these men uh, begging for alms. So here we have a normal circumstance But then we have a response that's not so normal. It was a supernatural response. It was the the Spirit of God speaking to Peter, saying, This man, today is the day that he will be healed. And Peter, as he grabbed that hand, lifted him up. And what happens? The Bible declares his ankles and his legs were strengthened. Oh, and I love what happens next. Verse 8, so he's leaping. He stood up, he's walking, and he's just praising God. Amen? Oh, come on, people. Amen? Amen. A lame man just started walking in the Bible. <laughs> it's true. We know it. We believe it. Amen. Amen. And that was met by a supernatural ability It wasn't Peter's great uh, touch It was the Spirit of God coming upon Peter And letting Peter know that this was the day Now as a side note In the gifts They often work in tandem The gift of teaching you often see the word of knowledge and prophecy uh, with tongues, the gift of tongues, you often receive uh, interpretations of tongues. With the gift of mercy, you often have the, the, the gift of giving. You, you see them in tandem. I, I love it. With the gifts of faith, you often see miracles and healings. I've seen all of this function in this body. It's wonderful. To see a need... And then to see someone with the gift of mercy and the gift of giving to meet that need. To see the body function in this manner is wonderful. As a pastor, as an outsider looking in, it's wonderful. And as a participant being a part of it, it's glorious. And here... You see them operating. There's actually a, a number of spiritual gifts taking place here because Paul, or excuse me, Peter will go on to preach one big nasty gospel to all those who are listening because he had gained this great audience because the audience were looking and saying, "Hey, isn't that the guy who was lame for so many years from his mother's womb? Is this true?" And they scratch their heads, and they start gathering, and they're looking, and they're tripping out. They're saying, what is going on here? Uh, We see that in verse 10, and then in verse 11, they see that this man was embracing Peter. This man who was leaping and screaming and praising God because he had just been healed, he goes and he rightfully gives Peter a hug. And so those who were gathered, the multitude who had gathered in and witnessed this, they're like, oh, okay, it must have been that guy. It was Peter. Peter hooked him up. But what we read is we'll continue the passage. And that is, as all the people saw him walking and praising, then they knew that it was him who was uh, the beggar at the beautiful gates at the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement. Verse 11 says, Now as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John, all the people ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's Greatly Amazed. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people and said, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why look so intently at us? as though by our own power and godliness we have made this man walk. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up, denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the Just. And asked for the murderer to be granted to you and killed the prince of life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are all witnesses. Peter has a wonderful way of making this point. Then in verse 16 he says, And his name, capital H, through faith in his name, his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong. Whom you see and know. Yes. The faith which comes through him. Has given him. The perfect soundness. And the presence of you all. So Peter's real quick to say. Uh-uh. Don't look at me. Look at the one who you crucified. And he goes on to give his little little sermonette. And I love But then makes the point of it was through him, his name, through faith, in him. He granted the spirit to heal him. Peter acknowledged that it was not me. It was not my faith. It was not Peter saying, wow, look, I'm going to go and just heal every lame man. Everybody get up. Everybody walk. Peter knew that it wasn't. It wasn't that being the case. Peter had this this wisdom or word of knowledge or understanding from God that this was the Spirit of God through him, through faith in him that allowed this to happen. So Peter recognized that it was faith That the Lord gave him faith in that particular situation. And that the gift of faith for that instant, for that circumstance, God knew exactly what needed to be done. He knew exactly what measure of faith. And he knew that the gift of faith in Peter, a willing servant that had faith in him, through him, was able to bring strength to this man's life. That is special faith, a normal circumstance with supernatural solutions. Like other spiritual gifts, it's not a reservoir. You can't just all of a sudden open up a tap and say, okay, line up the lame men. God has granted me with this ability. No, it was in circumstances that God sought fit to meet the need of that lame man. It wasn't some little lamp where you just rub it and the genie comes out and shazam, kazam, here we go, we're healing everybody. Oh, brothers and sisters, may it never be said of us that we abuse, belittle, or somehow, somehow confuse the gifts. That God desires to give us. It is given to us at times. By the sovereign will of God. In unique circumstances. The spirit gives. As he sees fit. It's different. Than the daily growing faith. It's different than the saving faith. It is faith. That is granted to us. By the heavenly father to meet. Normal, abnormal, crazy circumstances. It doesn't matter what the circumstance is as he sees fit. And brothers and sisters listen to me. There's no difference between Peter and me and you. Peter was a failure in many points of his life. His faith as it grew in the in the Gospels was up and down is when he got to the book of Acts is when the guy went steady Freddy after being filled with the Holy Spirit. But in 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 the up and down the 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 Peter who who you are the son of the living God. Oh, wow, Peter, God, he spoke that to you. That's wonderful. But then what? And the denial there was many times peter get behind me satan okay so what does it say to us it says that as we read this text this same special faith is available to you and i it's available to you and i It's available to those who are willing to allow God to work in faith. Because did you catch the terminology faith in him through faith in him? It was him that did it all. That's why Peter said, no, not to me be the glory, to God be the glory. But there was the faith that he had. You know, um, I, I sought hard to ask the Lord, Lord, you know, I, I felt like there was a need to give a, a circumstance that was personal and I came up with two, uh, because of time, I want to really allow for a great time of worship. There was this time, it was a personal story where I was working at Calvary Chapel, Santa Barbara, and. Uh, I had a, a, a big F-350, and it had a, a diesel engine in it, and uh, if you are a diesel owner, you know that one thing with diesels is you, A, never leave them in the cold by themselves. They like to have blankies. <laughs> B, never run out of diesel fuel, because to restart it is really difficult. You've got to bleed the line. I mean, it's, it's, it's like a nightmare. So to run out in a gas car, you can just put more gas and you're good to go. But with diesel, you run out of diesel, you drain the lines, and then you got to bleed them, and it's it's a nightmare. And I knew this, and uh, on my way to work, we had to be at work. I don't remember what time. It was like 6 o'clock or whatever. I was on my way, and and I used to pick up this guy. His name is Timmy Creedman. Some of you know him. Sweet guy, special needs guy. He used to live at Devereaux. But then he was at this house, and I would pick him up every Sunday on my way to work. And uh, I was was watching the light was on for a while, the light of get gas or get diesel. And I was like, oh. And I was about to go get it, but then I was like, oh, I got to go get Timmy, and what should I do? Okay, I'm just going to go get Timmy and hope and pray and have faith that I can get to the church because the church there is right by a gas station that has diesel. So in my mind, everything was perfect. I pick him up, but I didn't turn it off because I was afraid. So I left it running, and Timmy this morning was just taking forever. And so when he gets in, I'm already short in my um, attitude. Like, Timmy, remember I pull up, you come out. (laughs) And so if you know the guy, he's the sweetest guy in the world. And even me in my shortness is just, okay, let's go, Jared. Let's go to church. I mean, he's just happy. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so I'm heading down and uh, I'm, I'm on my way. I pass a gas station that doesn't have diesel. And I'm on my way to the church. And lo and behold, at, at a stoplight, I run out. And I just turned red in anger. Like, oh, I knew it. I'm not, oh, what am I going to do now? and timmy sees that i've just lost lost it and there's a long silence and he turns to me and he grabs me like this he goes like this says let's just pray and i honestly looked at him and i was just this shy of saying what that more diesel appears what are we going to pray what timmy what are we going to pray I honestly had that in my mind. And so I said, Timmy, pray. (laughs) Because if I pray, I don't know what I'm going to pray. Pray that I don't lose it, whatever. And so he just, in the sweetest little voice, just says, Jesus, we need to get to church. So please have, please, he didn't know me by Pastor G, but please help Gerald to get us there in his truck. And he says some other things I don't remember. I just remember when he said amen, he smiled with just glee and said, go ahead, turn it on. (laughs) And I'm looking at him going, honestly, with this attitude, my eyes get this big and I cried. I put it in drive and I begin to cry. Just driving and he's just like, to my God in my shame I obviously I go I get gas and I mean I get the diesel and I, I, I'm just amazed and I repent I say God I'm sorry I didn't believe I didn't believe help my unbelief help my unbelief I really believe that was a supernatural because if you know, again, all the logistics of a diesel, when it, when, it, when it shuts off, it's not shutting off because it wants to take a break. It's shutting off because it, it ran out of fluid. And, and, and all the answer to me was, is God heard the cries of this man and he answered. And I really believe it was supernatural because I remember it so vividly and it was so moving to me. It was instrumental in my faith. It was instrumental in my faith. Though no lame man was walking, so to speak, I was now walking. And what this says to you and I is, friends, we are no different than Peter. We are no different than that man sitting next to me. We are all sinners shy of being perfect, but through saving faith, we have been given the ability to do things greater than Jesus, as he would declare. Amazing that he would allow us to partner with him in such a way. But if we tonight, if we tonight are willing to ask the Lord, not Lord, give us the secrets to healing laymen but lord give us a sensitivity as peter being able to see normal circumstances and allow you to bring abnormal supernatural responses but i really believe there's there's a key in there there's there's something that we can't miss where was John and Peter going? They were going to the temple to pray. In other words, they were walking in the spirit. They were Was Peter at this point at the beach casting nets? Was Peter at this point saying I never knew him? No. It was Peter when he was walking in the Spirit of God, that God said, I'll use that man. You have to believe that Ephesians 2, as is declared of us, that we are his workmanship. We have been created in Christ Jesus for good works, that we should walk in them. Brothers and sisters, we need to be about the business of God. If we are wanting God to raise laymen in this coastlands then we have to be willing to be doers of the word obedient to his promises growing in faith because it's at that point then god says i can use that man that's why i was so humbled At this man's faith, I was a pastor driving him to the church, a guy with special needs to go and hold up signs and tell people when to stop and go. I was humbled by his faith of where, Lord, where is my faith? It was so monumental to me. It put me in the right direction where I needed to rely on the Spirit of God more. It was so monumental to me. I'm hoping that tonight it will be monumental to you that there is access to the father of many gifts many things that he desires and wants to do with you. But you disqualify yourself if you're in that place of unbelief or if you're in that place of pride or if you're in that place of habitual sin. But the glory and the wonderful thing about our savior is that we equally have that part that we can play in getting rights coming to him saying okay Lord. Lord, I believe you in many areas, but I've held on in this area concerning growing faith. I don't believe in this area. Help my unbelief. There's nothing wrong with saying that, brothers and sisters. Even the disciples at one point when Jesus was declaring, here's our next move, they said, "Ay, Mamma mia, Lord, increase our faith because we can't believe what you're saying. If that's you, then tonight is your night. To come before the Lord and say, help my unbelief. Lord, increase my faith that I might grow. That in this place of growing, in this place of walking in the Spirit, in this place that you might use me for your kingdom and for your church, for your glory, for the glory of the Lord. And if I were to take a poll, I would believe that we're all in that place. Like, yes, I want to be used by God. Yes, I want to see miracles. But friends, these things come with those who are obedient and those who are willing. And if that's where your heart is, then praise God. Because tonight we have the opportunity to make any adjustments that need to be made. We can make any adjustments and then leave here, trust in believing that at any given circumstance, God will say, bam, I want to meet that need. Or I want to do that work. Or I want this to happen. And he'll send his spirit and meet those needs, those circumstances with supernatural abilities. And what will you do? Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. Father, thank you for this evening you've given us. And Father, collectively, we we agree that we want to see your glory. We want to see you move in the coastlands. We want to see you, Lord, raise laymen. Lord, we know that there's people that are not saved. There's co-workers that we work with that do not know you. There's neighbors, there's aunts, there's uncles, there's fathers and mothers that don't know you. And we know you can supernaturally touch their lives. We want to see you move radically. And Father, we're, we're just humbled at the fact that you would use us. And so we ask tonight, Lord, and given this opportunity to worship you, we ask that your Holy Spirit would lead us tonight. To help us to make adjustments wherever they need to be made, that ultimately the end result would be that you're glorified and we're able to operate as the body of Christ ought to operate. No longer operating in unbelief or stagnant, stale waters, but abundance, a church growing in faith, a church adding to numbers of saving faith, and a church seeing miracles because we believe and know and trust in our God so help us Lord help us in our unbelief help us in areas that are stale help us Lord come and move amongst us now that we might find this place where our brother Peter was walking in the spirit no longer fulfilling the lust of the flesh but given unto you our lives and all that we are we pray these things Jesus in faith we believe and say amen brothers and sisters I specifically ask if there's anyone in here that has not asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior and you understood what I was talking about concerning saving faith, you come speak with me. I want to speak with you concerning what the Savior wants to do for you. But then others, concerning growing faith, if there's areas that, man, you need to make adjustments, come. The prayer team will be right over here. They're ready and willing and able to pray for you that God would make the adjustments needed so that you grow in faith but then that there's others of you who say, yes, I'm growing in faith and I want God to do greater and mighty things, not for my glory, but for his glory. Maybe uh, as you've been going through this series of the gifts and the Lord has prompted on your heart something to ask him. I really believe that God has set Thursday nights for us just for that purpose. So please, Let us all right now operate under his sovereign will. Amen.